Are you ready, Ma? I am. Are you ready, Christine? I am. Let's go! Let's go to Salem, Massachusetts. Did you want to do a thing first? Oh, yeah, because it's been a minute. I had a a math question for dear listeners to explain our little brief hiatus. We we left you hanging in the spooky season. We had a fall break that we didn't know was going to become a fall break. So there's three of us. One of us went to Savannah. One of us went to Cincinnati. Two of us went to Las Vegas. And one of us got COVID. There. Now you just scribble away. Figure out your math problem. By the end of this, you will know <laughs> who got COVID, I'm sure. <clears throat> we are doing. <laughs> That's how the Queen City treats you. <laughs> yeah. The, the second Queen City. I did ask my sister if she knew that Charlotte was also a Queen City, and she, she did, did know that. She did, didn't she? Yeah, yeah she, she did know that. Mm-hmm. And I said, which one was first? And of course, she said Cincinnati, but she That's doesn't fine. know. No, she didn't know. <laughs> okay, uh, we are going to Salem, Massachusetts in 1693 and in 1993. Mm. The movie opens with a family moving to Salem, Massachusetts from sunny California, Los Angeles. (laughs) I think that would be a great move. In October? Like, yeah, it's great in October, but that's rounding into check back in January, February, March, April. These guys, they're going to be pissed. All of them are going to be pissed. Uh, teenager Max Dennison explores an abandoned house with his li- with his pain in the butt, little sister Danny. Anybody oh. else think so? No? Okay. No. Okay. And their new friend, Allison. Max accidentally... I have... Oh, freeze. <laughs> <laughs> I had fries. Three witch sisters. Okay, Particulous. Hocus Pocus came out July 16th, 1993. Why? Why? Well, because I have it in the Tasty Titties because this is a Disney film. So Disney Studio Executives, they opted. So this is a big time box office loser. That's it's we'll get into more of it later. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was because I remember, I like 1993 was the first year that no, I was, was the second summer in kindergarten. I was 13. I was turning 13. <laughs> yeah, she was in kindergarten, and I was turning, <laughs> I was turning 13, and this was our second year back in the United States of America from being in Germany for three years, and I was getting into movies. This was like. This was one of the big summers of movies, and I started getting reading Entertainment Weekly cover to cover. Mm. And like when we go through the movies that came out in 1993, you'll, you'll be like, oh, yeah. And I remember this movie coming out, and I remember not going to see it. And I remember hearing about how big of a flop it was. Um, but the dis so to answer your question, Teeny, 
Disney chose to release it in July because they wanted to take advantage of kids being out of school. Well, I get that, but I think it would have been less of a fail if you had done October. I agree. Oh, completely. So we have definitely more on that, but that was to answer your question. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. It was directed by Kenny Ortega. <laughs> Drink. Yeah, Mac is active <laughs> already. At home. He is probably most famous for being the director of one high school musical. Oh. He Gotta also get your, get, your, get your head in the game. Never seen high school. Neither have I. I just know that that's what's fun. (laughs) Oh, wow. He also directed Newsies and Michael Jackson's This Is It. And he got his start being a choreographer. And he choreographed a little movie called Dirty Dancing. Oh. Pretty in Pink. Oh. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hello. And Madonna's Material Girl video. Oh, just to name a few. God. Yeah. So wow. he's big time up in there. The screenplay is by Mick Garris, or Garris, who also wrote The Fly 2, Critter 2, The Main Course, and Riding the Bullet. Two. And, <laughs> no, did the original. He was OG on Riding the Bullet. Neil Cuthbert. Also wrote the screenplay. He did Mystery Men, The Return of Swamp Thing, and The Adventures of Pluto Nash. The story is by Mick Garris and David Krishner. David Krishner also did An American Tale, Fifle Goes West, and Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, it was West. I loved that movie. Drink. That's basically the equivalent of a Mac sneeze. <laughs> I wish you could see his face. It was truly <laughs> didn't mean to do it. <clears throat> it's edited by Peter E. Berger, who also did Mommy Dearest. No wire oh. hangers. Have Fatal. Oh, we have to do Mommy Dearest. <clears throat> Fatal Attraction. Never seen it. Dead Again. Dead Again, we have to see, because I remember this was my introduction to Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh was Dead Again, and I remember it had a really good ending. Oh, I don't remember it at all. I remember this is one of those movies I saw on, like, on cable and stuff, and I was like, yo, Dead Again! Who knows how it aged? And he also edited... Gifted Hands, colon, the Ben Carson story. Hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) The music is by John Debney, who also did The Passion of the Christ. Bruce Almighty, I Know What You Did Last Summer. And he did tons of television, so Hmm. much television. The director of photography is Hiro Narita. He is uh, he has a cool story. So he was born in Seoul, Korea to Japanese parents who immigrated to Hawaii. And he got his Bachelor of Fine Arts in graphic design. And then he was drafted into the United States Army. And he was there in the Army. He was a designer and photographer at the Pentagon. 
And mm. then he went on to be a cameraman. He was a cameraman in The Last Waltz, which was the Martin Scorsese documentary about the band. And he also um, worked on Apocalypse Now and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It was, it's was such, a, such a great arc and stuff story starring Bette Midler as Winifred Sanderson aka the Divine Miss M mm-hmm. um, she built a following at the Continental Baths which was a local gay bathhouse that's how she kind of rose and gained her prominence that, was she singing there? yeah Okay, because we just watched the first episode of American Horror Story, New York City last night. Oh. And I don't know that we'll continue, but it's set in 1980, New York City, the gay population, and they go to a bathhouse and there is a performer singing. That looks kind of like Bette Midler, I could see. Very, very possibly. Probably. She was also in The Rose, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Ruthless People, The First Wives Club. And then she has pop hits. You may know Wind Beneath My Wings and From a Distance, to name a few. So she is just, I don't don't know if the kids today know how big of a thing. Like they know her now from her tweets and being very on the... I'll say correct side of history, <laughs> but um, yeah, she was just a force to be reckoned oh, with. Oh, and hysterical. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. We also have Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah Sanderson. She is most famous for her role in Sex in the City. She was also in Honeymoon in Vegas and L.A. Story. I She's most famous to me as just being born in Cincinnati. That's just what my mom always oh. would say. Right. I, I went through her um, hometown a few times. Oh, Kathy- I was the one in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy and the Jimmy as Mary Sanderson. She was in Soap Dish, Sister Act. And did you know that she was the voice of Peggy Hill on King of the Hill? No. Yep. Yep. She's done several voiceovers, hasn't she? Oh, yeah. She's done so much stuff. We have Amari Also Cat- on the right side of, well, the correct side of <laughs> political events at this time. Of, of history. <laughs> although I do, not although, and I, I believe she is in the Church of Scientology. Oh, hey, okay. I said and <laughs> instead of but. Yeah, I mean, like maybe she finds the beliefs. She maybe it's one of those things of like like with um like the, I'm I'm sure that there are Catholic people who are like I really like the religion of Catholicism I the Catholic Church as an institution can fuck off so maybe she takes the beliefs and like the whole institution she's like they can go to hell and maybe she's all in and maybe she's all in who knows um or Mari Katz as Max he. Did a lot of TV, and then kind of after this, this is what he's most known for. He was in Simon and Simon, which I don't remember watching, but I remember the name from the I 80s. I remember the name. Yeah. He was also in Dallas and Matinee. 
So just, probably just guest parts. Thora Birch as Danny, the as Ma said, annoying little sister, which I didn't. Well, think she, she didn't follow directions. <laughs> I just think me thinks that maybe there was some projecting going on with the youngest younger sister, and you were just. I hope not, but I didn't. I'm just saying, I didn't think... I mean, I could see how somebody would think that she was annoying, but as being an older sister, I thought, yeah, she's just playing her part, and then you're going you're gonna to miss those days of all the questions and the walking in front of you slowly for no apparent reason. <laughs> and the questions, and the questions. Um, she was in Now and Then... Ghost World, and most recently she made her directorial debut with Lifetime's The Gabby Petito Story. Oh, really? Interesting. They already have a story out with actors? Yeah. That's Lifetime, man. They they, they are hot to trot. Like the fast fashion of the... (laughs) Yes. Lifetime is the fast fashion. Of true crime, real life story world. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nailed it. Vanessa Shaw as Allison. She was in Eyes Wide Shut, 40 Days, 40 Nights. And Ma, you may have recognized her from Ray Donovan. I, w- I recognized her from something, but she was so young then. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't place her. Um, we have Stephanie Farsi as uh, Max's mom, Max and Danny's mom. She was in Heaven Can Wait, Sideways, and Flight, Pan- Flight Plan. Okay. We have Charles Rocket as the father, Dave. He was famous because he was in Saturday Night Live, and they were doing a parody sketch of the whole Dallas thing of, like, who shot J.R., and they came, it was live, and he dropped an F-bomb. And then mm. he didn't get invited back, and everybody said that that, that, that he got fired for uh, obscenities live on the air. Oh. Which, it probably didn't help his case, but also there was turmoil, and that's when Dick Ebersol came onto the show and stuff. And so a lot of people, I think only maybe three or four cast members made it from, like, it was just a culling. You know, and one of them, of course, was Eddie Murphy. So that's kind of what happened there. Um, He was also in Dumb and Dumber and Dances with Wolves. Now, put your true crime hat on, if you will. Nerd alert. He was found in a field on his property in Connecticut in 2005 with his throat slit. Ooh. Ooh. And ten days later, it was ruled a suicide. And no, so, you don't slit your own throat. Well, I think maybe you do, though. Like I, they, they, they were kind of like, yeah, he. I, that was kind of the point of like they waited ten days and they like they did an investigation and it was just like I guess. Wow, that's a way to go. Yeah, yeah. So well, you can't turn back. Time on that one, so <laughs> share. <laughs> if I could turn back time. Oh man, that's that's just that's just tough and a bummer. 
because because he was I liked him. He's shown up in a whole bunch of stuff, and then you like, oh, that's what ended up happening. But you know, never know what people are going through. You have Doug Jones. He played Billy Butcherson. The this says the ex-boyfriend poisoned by Winifred in 1693 and resurrected as a zombie 300 years later. But, oh. um, spoiler alert, he just, he just kissed Winifred once. And she, like, she's nuts. Well, well, it's not yeah. the first clue. Yeah. Um, Karen Mal- Malchus performed as Billy when he was headless, but Doug Jones has a career. He's He is a contortionist, and he's known for playing physical characters. Um, he was in Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, and you may know him as the amphibian man from the Academy Award-winning film, The Shape of Water. Oh, really? Oh, I never saw that. Yeah, I saw it, and I was... Uh, I took umbrage with the fact that it won Best Picture. I, oh, yeah. I I just didn't get it. I was just like, huh? This? It's fine. It's a fine film, but it's just... I wouldn't say that it's uh, Best Picture material. Um, so, and then as two cameos, uncredited, we have Gary Marshall as the Master Devil... You know him. He directed Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride, Beaches, and he was also in A League of Their Own. And then his sister, Penny Marshall, was the Medusa Lady. She directed A League of Their Own, Jumping Jack Flash. You know her best is uh, from Laverne and Shirley. Shlemiel. Shlemazel. Hassenfeff Incorporated. (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da. So... Those are the particulars. Okay, well, it, it when the film opens, it is 1693, and we see three witches flying over a village. And we see pink smoke, and then a little girl from the village, Emily, is missing. The three sisters are making a life potion with Emily as the main ingredient. Ooh. Her brother sneaks in to save her, but an electrifying spell stops it. The three witches are younger and turn the boy into a black cat. The villagers arrive and hang the three witches. What could go wrong? <laughs> oh, Disney. Disney would be wild out here, man. So uh, we are to POC. All right. So there's two black kids in the background of Max's class. Way, way in the back. Had to, I was like, yeah, yep, that's two. And then we have three women who are dressed as what I'm going to say is the Supremes at the adult Christmas party. So all told, people of color have zero lines. I will say that I did watch the sequel, and the sequel has so much more representation. Yeah, I heard the sequel was very diverse. It is extremely diverse. Extremely diverse. So there, there's your POC count. I want to watch the sequel. So now we are to cast. Do you guys have any cast? I don't. I mean, which you can go. Well, my mine is a is a bit of a detour with the cast because I did these notes a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know what the 
what the latest on the courts say. But when I was writing this and looking this up, the student debt relief plan was temporarily being blocked by the courts. Um, and so that that week where I was listening to it, I was listening to a podcast. And to tie it in, it, it just seems like a lot of people own their own homes in Salem, Massachusetts. So, yeah, yeah. so a lot of home ownership there. So I just thought it was interesting, given that the student relief plan being blocked and stuff, and a lot of people got their own knickers in a twist over it. Um, but I just thought it was interesting, given that people of Salem didn't seem like a lot of renting was going on. It seemed like a lot of home ownership. So um, just, just like follow this for me. If the United States government gives a tax break on mortgages, which it does, right? You get a, you get to deduct the interest, right, on the mortgage stuff. Then the United yes. States government therefore subsidizes home ownerships. Um, so, aka, it uses public revenue to support private home ownership. That's a fact that the government subsidizes home ownership based okay. on the, the tax deductions. So it's using public revenue to support private home ownership. Therefore, if the United States government systematically kept home ownership out of the reach for non-white Americans due to redlining, racial covenants, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. that stuff, um, like you can go into it in 2020, at that time, 65 0.5% of Americans own their own home. So in 2020. So it's just over half, but it's there's a lot of Americans who don't own their own homes. So like 65.5% of Americans who do own their own homes are being subsidized by the United States government, basically being given money. Of that 65.5%, it breaks down to 72% is white, 61.7% is Asian, 51.1% Hispanic, and 43.4% wow. is black. So, and then even if you own a home and it's valued, so even like, even though like 43% of, you know, black Americans own, a, a, of the home ownership of that pie own a home, if you're non-white, your home is valued at a lower rate, and therefore you get less of an income tax deduction, oh. like baked into it. So I found the 2015 Washington Post article by Clarissa Ryle Hayward that was titled, Why Does the U.S. Use Public Revenue to Support Private Home Ownership? And the answer that she came up with was, quote, today, the mortgage interest tax subsidy for the wealthiest 10 percent of Americans is larger than the entire federal subsidy for affordable housing for low and moderate income people. Mm. That's wild to think about. Mm -hmm. like, the United States government is using private money. I mean, like, pub like public money that we all put into and that's going to the wealthiest 10% of Americans because the income tax deduction works that if you, the more that your house is worth, the more oh. of a deduction you're taking. So the more mm. money you're getting back or the, or you're keeping. And 
the whole like get down and the whole game of it of like, well, wait, why is that allowed to, why are we allowed to have this continuing? What the fuck is the answer? Like everything is money, but it's also in the marketing of it because if they didn't do the answer is because not doing so then you, they, they make it out so that home ownership, it's like, oh, yeah, you want to own a home, and it rewards hard work, and it promotes social mobility, and it serves the good of all Americans. That's what they, like, market to us, of like, oh, no, the, the interest and the deduction, it, it, it's for the good of all Americans because you can, once you have the home, then you have the equity and all of that. But you really only have that wealth at two points when you're buying your house and when you're selling your house or maybe when you're like refinancing your house, like it's not liquid assets that you're talking about. Um, so, and a lot of it again comes down to money because money is the money and key, the power of key political actors, especially in the earliest 20th century of housing elites. They're the ones that pretty much shaped the game and made it this way. And that's why they like put in like all the like little the covenants and the redlining to make it harder for non-white people. But then they also like moderate middle class white people get screwed as well because you're not getting as much of a tax deduction. Like the people, so the U.S. government basically has given and continues to give out government handouts to homeowners, and it disproportionately. It benefits the wealthy and those who build, finance, and sell private homes for profit. Yeah. So that's like that. Like you can break it down and say like, oh, but it, like it's black. It's taken away from black people's wealth and and non-white people's wealth. But it also affects white people, middle-income mm -hmm. white people, like a lot of people. It's a government handout. So all these people were getting their like panties in a bunch over student debt forgiveness what about this whole like in home ownership like the government subsidizes private home ownership with public funds but hey you know it's just like oh well and you like you know you get a deduction from a nice modest home but the people who are making millions of that are the people buying like like look at those mansions and stuff because if you're buying that yeah you Oh, it's a deduction. Boom, boom. You know how many like tax loopholes and stuff people are going out? And people, they probably are taking out loans they don't even need to be taking out so that they get the deduction to take that money out for taxes. So you're getting screwed. Everybody's getting screwed there. Except the rich. Yep. And that's all colors. Everyone. But it disproportionately does affect non- uh oh, white people. Just because that's how the game was set up. Well done. I okay. have a I have power of cast for witches. Mm. Please do. Sorry, Mac is uh going to town back there on water. Um, so I have power of cast for witches, and so they would do tests, as most people know, on witches. Well, mm -hmm. on women mostly. Some men were tested also to determine if they were a witch or not. But it's reading them, it's like none of these things are things you could actually pass. It's kind of like, well, you'll see. 
So there was an incantation test. So the accused would verbally order the devil to leave the afflicted victim. If the victim became cured, the accused was proven to be a witch. <laughs> Which, that, yeah, that one's kind of like, I don't know. Then there was the prayer test. The accused were made to recite the Lord's Prayer or a selection of scripture from memory. If they made an error, they were a witch. So what if you didn't grow up being religious? Oh, but like, but those were the people in those Are we talking about oh, like yeah. in these times? Because weren't those yeah, the, the times, but you, you're telling me there wasn't people in those times that were like, this shit isn't true. I'm sure there were. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying because wasn't it the pilgrims and the whole reason? Like, they no, it wasn't the pilgrims. This was in like the 1300s. Oh, the 1300s. Oh, my bad. Well, it's been Salem. Well, it's Salem too, but this was in Salem. Yeah, but this was also in Salem. They rode deep for like their religion. Came from Europe. They all Ah. came from Europe. I and like I guess. I always thought the Salem witch trials were way more intense, not intense, but like, I thought it was this entire period of time where thousands of people were killed because we thought witches, but it was only about 200 people that were accused in Salem. And it was only about a seven month period in Salem. Yeah. Oh, it was, wow. It was and only 20, 19 or 20 were executed in Salem. But in Europe, from the 1300s to the 1600s, Tens of thousands of witches were executed. Wow. So that's how they, so they got, got rid all of- these ideas from Europe. Well, as with everything else. Yeah, and that's how they got rid of the people they they didn't like. Right. Was oh, you're a witch. Yeah. Oh, you don't, I'm cured. You can't recite you're the Lord's witch. Prayer. Um. Then there was also the pricking test. So they were they were poked and scratched, and if they didn't bleed <gasps> then that means that they were a witch that would be me <laughs> i remember being in college and working with an exacto knife on a on a design arts project and the knife sticking into my finger and i'm like oh and i pull it out and nothing if witch hunters struggled to find obvious evidence of witches marks on a suspect's body they might resort to the ghastly practice of pricking as a means of sussing it out Witch hunting books and instructional pamphlets noted that the marks were insensitive to pain and couldn't bleed. So examiners used specially designed needles to repeatedly stab and prick at the victim's flesh, at the accused person's flesh, until they discovered a spot that produced the desired results. So I guess if they did bleed, then they were a witch. So they basically just pricked at them until they did bleed. (laughs) In England and Scotland, the torture was eventually performed by well-paid professional prickers, many of whom were actually con men who used dull needle points to identify fake witches' marks. Wow. Along with pricking, the unfortunate subject might also be subjected to scratching by their supposed victims. This test was based on the notion that possessed people found relief by scratching the person responsible with their fingernails until they drew blood. If their symptoms improved after clawing the accused skin, it was seen as partial evidence of guilt. Um, They also had the skin test, so any appearance of moles, freckles, birthmarks, scars, and extra nipples were proof of (laughs) contracts with the devil. (laughs) Well, now that might be true. I mean, I'm I'm just, I'm just, I guess I should just take myself out here anyway, because I would have been 
uh, born a crime anyway. So I, well, I, my existence, I would not be in existence. Yeah, you wouldn't have been worried, having to worry about this. You wouldn't have gotten that far. But the swimming <laughs> test, you would have passed. Um, accused witches were bound at the wrists and ankles. This is the most common one, I feel like. And dropped into a body of water. If they floated, they were guilty of witchcraft. So then you would have died anyway. But if you sank, then they were innocent. But then you, you die anyway. Died and then now. everybody goes, oh, my bad. Oh, shit, they weren't a witch. Damn, that um, sucks. The, <laughs> the, touch, the touch test, the accused witch would touch their victims. If the victims felt pain, then they were guilty. Wow. Um, Static electricity. <laughs> oh, oh, you're a witch. Yeah, and if you're over here, yeah, anybody that touches you, you're going to fake it. The weight test, witches are supposedly very light, so courts tried oh. to weigh them against the weight of the Bible. There you go. We when the accused did weigh more than the book, the court simply issued another test to find their guilt. <laughs> and Which, like, what Bible were they using? Yes. Uh, and then this is my personal favorite, the witch cake test. If a witch made a cake with her urine and fed it to a dog, the dog would supposedly have adverse effects. Huh. Made the cake. So, what? Uh, I have so many questions. I have so many baking questions about yeah. just the. Well, you use it as the liquid, I guess. Was it, was, I thought there was some, some acidity in, in your. The so witch cake was the supernatural dessert used to identify suspected evildoers. They would take a sample of the victim's urine, mix it with rye meal and ashes oh. to bake it into a cake. This was then, fed, fed to a dog. Ashes. Yeah, with the hope that the beast would fall under the spell and reveal the name of the guilty sorcerer. Just by talking? Or spelling with the paws. Spelling out with the paws. Were there any mushrooms involved? <laughs> During in one of the cake? Salem witch trials, the, uh, there was a slave named Tituba. Oh, yes. Yeah, she famously helped prepare a witch cake to identify the person responsible for bewitching young Betty Paris and others. The brew failed to work, and Tituba's supposed knowledge of spells and folk remedies was later used as evidence against her when she was accused of being a witch. Oh, wow. It's just, it, you know what it sounds like? It, it just, it sounds like now, <laughs> yeah. honestly, but just with different different technologies and, and different things of, the, of it. Like, oh, I got you. Yeah. Oh, you're, oh, see, you're, oh, you're yeah. a sheep. You believe that you're a sheep? Yep. <laughs> so a very off topic power of cast, but. It's still around. Man, if any of those applied to you in the 1300s, you were screwed dead. Well, you were dead. But I did read that Kathy Najimini um, was reluctant to take the role because she didn't want to piss off any real witches. Real witches. Yeah. 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 Because people that, do identify as witches still. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's one religion I get behind. Oh, God. Well, I, I had, yeah. I have a little bit of it later. Oh, just a little bit. Well, my great, my grand, great grandmother was a witch. No, but she was supposed to have the. Um, she had the touch. The gift of touch that she could heal 
um, animal, sick animals. She would lay hands on sick animals and make them Ooh. well. I have tried to see if I have the touch. I have tried to lay my hands upon my hip and heal myself. And How's that going? Uh, you know what? It's not going as bad as one might think. So <laughs> right I, I'm like, hmm, maybe there is something there. All right. So we are to nerd alerts. And I have none. Well, except for my Kathy Najimini one right then. I have, so the year, to paint the picture of when this came out, in July 1993, what was going on in the world? You have Czechoslovakia. It ceased to exist. I think we mentioned this in, in a very fairly recent podcast, <clears throat> how it became, broke up into the Czech Republic and Slovakia and right. was known as the Velvet Divorce, which was the result of the Velvet Revolution because it was a bloodless revolution in 1989 to end the rule of the Communist Party of Czechoslovakia. So don't confuse Czechoslovakia with Yugoslavia. Czechoslovakia, okay. bloodless. Yugoslavia, ooh, lots of blood, genocide. People were okay. being wiped out, atrocities, war crimes. Um, Bill Clinton is sworn in as the 42nd president of the United States of America. $7.4 million is stole from Brink's Armored Car Depot in Rochester, New York, making oh. it the fifth largest robbery in U.S. history. What's the wow. largest robbery in U.S. history, you asked? I do. Well... Unofficially, but in my opinion, the generational wealth stolen from indigenous and enslaved people by the United States government. Oh. But that's not the official <laughs> biggest heist in American history. Officially, it's $18.9 million stolen in 1997. Alan Pace was a safety inspector for Dunbar Armored Trucking, and he timed the security cameras at the L.A. facility, recruited five childhood friends. And they would have gotten away with it, except they caught one robber when he lent some stolen cash to a friend that had the cash uh, straps Wait, on it. There's a documentary about that. Uh, yeah, it, it, it sounds like that. $18 million? Yeah, $18.9 Man. They almost got away with it. Wow. That guy, man. What an idiot. <laughs> the World Trade Center bombing. There was a van bomb. It killed six people. I think we all kind of forget about that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The World Health Organization declares tuberculosis a global emergency. Yeah, it was back. I had no idea. <laughs> and... Eritrea declares independence from Ethiopia, and the two have lived happily ever after, ever since then. Just No, they haven't. It's <laughs> been horrible. You thought. Time. You thought. <clears throat> just, to this day, just horribleness. Oh, so the top five films that came out in 1993. Number five was The Firm. Mm -hmm. Number Life. four, Schindler's List. Oh, wow. Which I think a whole lot of people need to watch, apparently. Yes. Uh, apparently. 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 The Fugitive, 
Mrs. Doubtfire, and the number one film of 1993 came out in the summer, and that would be the same summer this film came out in. And that would be a, a little film called <clears throat> Jurassic Park. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, the first one. Mm. Uh-huh, the first one. The Oscar nominations, Best Picture, Remains of the Day, mm-hmm. The Piano, Mm-hmm. In the name of the father. Oh. That was I know I haven't seen it, but I know that I I believe Daniel Day Lewis is in. in That's what father. came to my mind, yeah. but I don't think I've seen it. The fugitive. Oh. Every shit house out house damn house damn house. <laughs> I just like that part. And the Academy Award winning film for that year. Schindler's List. Yes, that's it. Should have been. Let's revisit it. I I guess I guess some people didn't get the memo. So those that was uh, my nerd alerts for 1993. I know I've said it before, but um, my father liberated a couple of concentration camps at, at the end of the war, and he took pictures because he knew that there would be doubters that said it never happened. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I just want to say that if Jewish people, like I've heard this, this this isn't my thing, but I thought it, if America was secretly run by Jewish people, which let me be clear, I do not believe to be the case at all, but I feel like they would have an easier time. Yeah. <laughs> and if the world was run by by Jews, I feel like and I guess that's where people get into denying the Holocaust. And it's the reason why it's like, nah, they just put six million Jewish people in an oven, killed way, way, way more millions of other people, but for just being about like Jewish people, put them in an oven, killed them, put them in ovens, their ash rained down on the towns like snow. And it it was just, I mean, like that happened. That like, I think this weekend, Anne Frank's friend died at night 93. So it's not that long ago. Right. You're gonna, like, so. It's not, <laughs> it's not. If you own the world, guess what wouldn't be happening? Right. So <laughs> kind of just makes me want to think, well, who hasn't that happened to? If we're, I mean, if we want to, if you if you want to play this game, then I would be like, who hasn't been genocided? Well, let's, <laughs> am I, am I gonna do that? Because uh, uh. so reheatables, negatives. I had a hard time coming up with a negative. Cynic over here did it. Uh oh. Okay. Well, there was there's was so much in movies for. I feel like this was a movie for everybody, but for younger kids, so much name calling, so much name calling. Why do we have to call each other names? Because we do. That's what we do. And, yeah, okay. That was yeah. it with the name calling. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm gonna get educated. No, that's that's good. You, You're not you, gonna get educated, cause listen to mine. 
Riding a bike in sucks. Very bad. <laughs> that is that's horrible and painful. I don't remember what this means anymore, but I wrote speed bump scene. Speed bump scene. Didn't like it for some reason. <laughs> Negative. And then ain't nobody gotta dig that far deep in the cabinet for salt. <laughs> It's right there. Everybody saw it just front and center. Now, I wonder, because I would be in trouble if it was ionized pink salt. I mean, uh, white salt. I only have pink Himalayan sea salt at my disposal, and I use it very rarely. High blood pressure runs in the family. <laughs> oh, I like to flavor my food. So I use a lot of, I would use my salt every day when I cook. Um, but even I have a little jar on the kitchen counter that has salt in it, and even my box is right front and center. I mean, the pink Himalayan sea salt is on the stove, but I do flavor my food like a stereotypical white person. <laughs> like they, like they would be like, "Oh, this is bland as shit." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm trying to live." Like, uh, all my ancestors got to flavor their food, and thank you because they went through the shit. But I get to have the bland food. But I, I don't mind. I'm not complaining. That's the reason your ancestors made it on the boat. Exactly. Yeah. They ha like, there's a reason for it. That's why we're here. And I have to salute them of being like, look, you earned your salt intake. And I appreciate and applaud you. And I will just be eating this bland-ass food right now and loving it. <laughs> Learning to love it. Those are mine. Aaron? Okay. Well... 1693 Salem sucks. <laughs> it had to suck. Oh, yes. And often smell Ma, what? Well, I, 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 I didn't even, like, I didn't. Okay, go ahead. I, I wasn't counting the 1693 Salem because, you know, everything about that sucked. I was when you saw that little kid running barefoot through those forests in Massachusetts in October. Do you know how like what in the actual fuck how painful that would be? Of course, this is coming from someone who, as Teeny can say, I didn't have room to pack slippers in Vegas and made it known how I was just walking around barefoot. And that was that was a. I extended myself outside of my comfort zone for that time, I will say. Definitely you are a slipper girl. You oh, are. yeah. And I saw, like, ah, damn, Teeny brought her slides. But I was packing light. I had to keep it light. So thank goodness those Vegas hotels keep keep their floors nice. Man, and then think of think of the New England weather, the winters now. In 1693, New England winters, there was no insulation. There was mm -mm. The, the Pink Panther hadn't come about and was like, here's this pink stuff to put in your walls <laughs> to keep you warm. No, that did not exist. It's true. All right, my next negative reheatable. This is more of a negative reheatable on me. And just I had to just sit in this for a bit. But... I was so glad when they drank that eight-year-old soul and they got their life force and turned younger because 
when I first started and they first came on, I was like, oh my gosh, this is why I don't do these types of movies. It's very uncomfortable to look at. Yeah, I was just like, no, I can't deal with this. So I was I was very happy when they got the movie star looks back into it. And I was like, I didn't sign up for a documentary. Um, the California slander. Like, they they basically implied that... Look, let me just tell you, as somebody who lives in Southern California, don't get the weather fooled here. People go just as hard for Halloween here in Los Angeles. The entertainment right. capital of the world. This is where people get I paid. find out, but I just feel like, I don't know, for me, Halloween in California is a negative reheatable. I feel like there has to be a slight chill in the air. And I don't think that the West Coast is Halloween as good as the East Coast. I just have to say that. I'm going to put it out there now. Let me tell you a little Take a note. Take a note. Write it down. Oh, I don't care. The okay. South, like, also, Texas. It gets chilly yeah. here now. It's the desert, and it's getting into the wintertime. It gets, there is a chill in the air. It gets down into the right 50s. What's, what's your degrees? Colors. What's your degrees? What's your foliage look like outside? Oh, it's starting to get foliage, but it, it's more of the crisp in the air. You're I am now wearing. Yeah. Look, well, we don't really have all of that much foliage to begin with because we imported, <clears throat> we, like I was here, we imported an invasive species called uh, palm trees. Not I'm really saying 72 here. degrees right now. So, at this very moment, at 5 o'clock in the evening, yes, it is still in the 70s. But when you're at, when I go to run in the morning at 6 a.m., it's in the low 50s. So... <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, you go, oh, 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 but let me tell you, it's a different kind of oh, oh, oh. You're like, oh, you're you're focusing on the number. You're not focusing on the actual chill because you, and that's how people get, hey, people learn the hard way coming out here thinking, oh, it's going to be 50s. And then they feel and they're like, this is a different kind of 50s. Oh my gosh. I'm out here running in a sweatshirt. A different I kind of 50s. Gloves. Yes, it's a because the humidity isn't the same. It's it's a le, there's less humidity in the air, makes it colder. I'm telling you, it's I don't know that I'm buying it. Because in September, like you have to understand, September is the hottest month out here. We are in triple digits all of September. 110, 110, 110. And then you go from that And all of a sudden you're morning, trying to be spooky. It's then the 50s and you have to think of the lighting. The, okay. Like, I'm running now, and it's completely dark in the morning. It it does. You, you're just not going to understand it. And no. that's, the, that's the California slander that I people... I stand by the East Coast does Halloween better. Because... Yeah, yeah. East Coast is the best coast. I'm just sitting this back enjoying this. Katie, yeah. this is the entertainment capital of the world. You're going to tell me that there are people who... who their job is to play dress up for a living. They're yeah, not going to go hard cool. for Halloween. They're, no, no I don't you don't like understand. It. People go hard for Halloween out here. Hard. Their oh. decorations out. Send me some pics. Pixar, pixar, it didn't happen. 
oh my gosh, you know that when when I leave the house and I'm running, that's the only thing. I got the Carly well, Rae Jepsen playlist maybe on. Maybe Monday you'll feel a little differently. Oh, now I'm going to have to stop to take all of these pictures of all this spookiness because it's dark outside and it's freaking cold. Like, just all of a sudden, whoo, my I was running in the t-shirt and now sweatshirt. I got a the, the headband. I got question, question, question. Yeah. Do they have the the <clears throat> corn stalks and the pumpkins yes. and the gourds? Really? Money. Be, why? If you don't Money. go to one tomorrow, it didn't exist. Oh, oh okay. I'm not going to one. Are you kidding me? Flu season, RSV. I, I dodged Vegas, and now you want me to go to roll the dice out here for what? For what? And for who? If you are out here for me, then you—that's what you need to come out here for a Halloween then. There we go. Solved it. Invite, invite mm-hmm. has been issued. Yeah. Like, don't get Vegas twisted on Halloween. The only Halloween thing we saw was in the weird arcade with the, <laughs> the bloody handprints and stuff. We're like, what is this? Yeah. Halloween doesn't exist in Vegas. But Los Angeles, that's a different story. Oh, and there it is. Just a hint of a crisp in the air and people can finally bust out a sweatshirt. Oh, Oh, you! I sent y'all a picture when I put on my my slippers for the first time this year. So happy! It was so chilly. Oh man, got me all heated up. You sure did. <laughs> well I'm, done, Teeny. Any other negatives, Erin? Yes. Oh my God, she's actually sweating. Sweating. Because <laughs> it because it is seventy eight here <laughs> right now. I mean. <laughs> that is true. Oh, 78 degrees. Let me go put on my Halloween costume. Yeah, but at night, I'm just saying. But but it's also very nice because it go because you put on the costume and then it isn't frigid East Coast cold. Also, probably not gonna rain. Not gonna yeah, wood. I think it's gonna rain here. Yeah, see? All right, ice. That character ice. The, oh. the whole I mean, really should have put that in cast, but that's just man early 90s cultural appropriation kind of like this highly problematic and then the dad turning his hat to the side to appear as a rapper i just put oh, i can't oh, do yeah. that yeah that's just, yeah that's true oh my gosh come on i mean like oh, unbelievable max yelling oh i kind of like this though because this this did make me laugh so i don't know maybe i'll say it here Max yelling at a sister like a 40-year-old man with an adjustable mortgage, like on the porch. <laughs> he was like yelling at her and then he like posts up and stuff. He he just had like real old man energy going. Um, Guys, what's going on with Allison's house and what's she supposed to be dressed as? Well, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah that uh-huh. was the whole thing. Because I was like, is she a plantation owner or? Well, she ain't, but yeah. The cat Binks, uh, he spent 300 years protecting this, but maybe he's tired because he spent 300 years protecting this place because it didn't seem like he put up much of a fight with that candle. He's sick of it. Yeah, I get it. And my final one was the uh, bus driver scene where 
uh, Winifred says, we desire children. And the bus driver says, hey, that may take me a couple of tries, but I don't think that'd be a problem. That's creepy. <laughs> so those were my negative reheatables. So now we are to positive. Um, <laughs> whoa, brain fart. Positive reheatables. And I have fall decorations, as in with falling leaves and the leaves changing mm. colors and all the pumpkins and all the haystacks and all of the um, corn, the in indigenous people's corn. I remember as a little kid, I asked you what your favorite uh, time of year or maybe your favorite season was. And you said fall. I always remembered that. Huh. Yeah, I, was, I, I do love fall. And now I, I like fall now that I'm older. But I remember as a kid, I was like, fall? That's when we go back to school. Like, yeah. what, how is fall? But now that I'm... Why do you think she liked it? Burn. She like... <laughs> But but when you but now like the same reason that you like it is like the same reason that I, I like it. I don't need to participate in all those stuff, but I do like the crisp in the air, despite what some people think. Yeah. And like just the, the and I like the you know what I, re I really like? This is nerdy, but and it's gonna change with the time change, but right now, before the time change and how it's dark in the morning, when I go outside, I can see Orion's belt, and that's mm -hmm. my favorite constellation in the sky. And it's just very convenient, and it's still dark out, and there's a chill in the air, and I just, I just like it. So, <clears throat> you, you don't. How cold do you get in the winter? Like, me personally, no. Or other weather, the weather don't, in Los No, Angeles. not you personally. Because <laughs> we don't care cold. about you personally. But I mean, it gets. I would say, so it's kind of going to be in the. Well, let's look at the the weather app. So okay, today it was in the up to the eighties. Tomorrow in the eighties, but then it goes down Tuesday is the low 70s and then we're like in it's usually from the mid 60s to maybe like the 70s but then when it it's in december that like that and then you kind of get into like the winter time it may like dip down into six into the 60s maybe into the 50s and i know for people on the east coast that sounds warm and you guys are out in flip-flops but you have to understand, I don't know the science behind it. I don't know if it's barometric pressure. It's something. But there is a difference between the temperatures of what is 50 in Southern California to what is 50 in the mid-Atlantic or the Northeast. Like, there is a difference to it where it does feel colder. And I don't know if it's the, the desert-like climate and the air is thinner when it's colder because there's less moisture in the air mm -hmm. but Very it it does it it gets cold for the and also like you know you've get your body gets acclimated to you know the temperature that you're in so that when i go back east i know i've spent all of my life pretty much the east coast the mid-atlantic 
and your blood does change like your body does change so that now when i go back and it's it's just way colder to me like oh my gosh this is so much colder to me that i remember it but for californians like it does it will get chilly like it will be legitimately cold but the reason at least for me I'm here. It's like, this is as cold as I want it to be. Like, it's nice because exactly, I get to get yeah. bundled up. I get to have all of the, the things, the uh, accoutrement, if you will, of the, the coldness. I get to put on a hat and stuff. And But I run cold. I guess I'm just cool. But <laughs> Cool, dude. But what, what I was thinking was our fall might be your winter. No, because usually, like, because... Your fall, it, it uh, yeah, but remember, like, September, like, when your fall in September, when you guys were being like, oh, it's getting chillier in September, mm-hmm. I was like, we're in triple digits out here. Yeah, like, yeah, September's yeah. super hot. So it, it's just a little bit off on the seasons, but you, you will start to see, I'll start to see leaves. Leaves will change depending on the, the trees that people have. Leaves fall off, but it's also different depending on also what people are planting. And there there are a lot of people who are moving away from what was nice, you know, considered nice lawns and stuff and getting more into the, like, well, what is native to here and, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So when you get back into what was really native in Southern California as opposed to what was aesthetically pleasing, I it'll be interesting to see how that changes and stuff with trees and the foliage and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. is it is there's definitely a seasonal change. You definitely do feel the season. It's just it isn't as super in your face. Like when Teeny sent her pictures of uh, Central Park, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so fall there. Yeah. Wow, it's so pretty. That that's how it was when we were in Texas too. I mean, we yeah. Never- we didn't have like a full fall like we have here. Okay. But I definitely I feel it because of, of my running in the mornings and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is my fall. This is fall. and the way that it is now is kind of how it will be throughout the winter time for me. I guess yeah. that's your the answer to your question. So yeah. until it gets probably into May ish, then I like put away the sweatshirt and stuff. Just because mm-hmm. it gets it's it, it will the temperature it's crazy how cold it will get at night in early morning and then how warm it will get like if you yeah. look on your your iphone app and stuff of the the mm-hmm. like our it's always like a big long line of the mm-hmm. temperature differential and when i'll go see y'all's line it's like very short yeah like not yeah. much of a fluctuation but ours is like super so next um, another, uh, my other, uh, positive is that all the virgin talk was about the boy. Cause usually oh, if you're talking yeah. virgin, it's about a girl. And so I did like that. It was all about a boy this time. That was true. And it is like, how does the candle know with a boy that he, it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of wondered that the technical aspects of it, cause in the sequel, it's a girl. Oh, okay. And it doesn't really get into that, but it, you do kind of wonder. It's like, oh, because, you know, in the olden days, it was the old hymen check and stuff. But, you know, those those can be taken out of, like, get busted up for other reasons. Other yes, than, they can. 
Yes, they can. You have a but say. You have a mishap on a uh, merry-go-round, as I'm pretty sure happened to me. Because my God, that hurt. <laughs> or a horse, or a bicycle, or tampons, right? Yeah. Well, ooh, ouch. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, like all these things. So I just want, and you know, he's a teenage boy, so it's, yeah, it's not like he hasn't built his seed. So, so to speak. So how do they know? Oh, that wasn't in the proper receptacle. Well, um, it's magic. Yeah. Here you go. Look at look at Disney. It's just Making magic. Me- yeah. <laughs> Other positives, please. I like the guy's green bike. I don't know. It was a nice green bike. Oh, yeah. Bright green, neon green. I also had fall trees. Mm. Max's room slash loft was so good. Yeah. He had stairs in a room. Cool. Fish tank. Cool. A Magic Johnson poster. Cool. A drum kit. Thank cool. you. Oh, my gosh. The movie pretty much ended for me right there. What is this guy complaining about? Yeah. yeah. Um, 90s Halloweens just hit different. There's a mm-hmm. whole TikTok trend about 90s Halloweens and like the remember the old trash, the bright orange trash bags that had the punk, the jack-o'-lantern mm-hmm. faces on them. Those aren't out anymore. And then it's like you can only go so high tech with your costume, you know? It's like yeah. usually store-bought or really shittily homemade. The costumes, we went to a dog parade today in Fort Greene, and, like, the costumes are, like, really cool, but also out of this world, some of the ones that the people are doing. And it's like, ah, it's, it's just a simpler time with that thing, you know? Yes, yes. Um, oh. No technology Again, I'll bring it back to Los Angeles where you have professional hair and makeup artists who their job is, these are the people who make the movies and they're the right, they're just regular people and they're able to just make, you're like, what? So yeah, I get it. And then I also had talking cats as a positive. I think that's a very fun thing Um, and believable. I think it's, I've could see that happening. I also liked Sabrina the Teenage Witch with the talking cat, and I appreciate a talking cat. Let me send you a picture of my hairdresser um, dressed up for Halloween. Okay. And she does this herself. That's what I'm saying. You got all these people who are into hair and makeup, and you're going to tell me that they don't go all out with their costumes? I had a question, Bob. Did I... Was I big into Halloween? Like, was I... Uh, Oh my God! Yes. Oh, okay. Because I were... one time you were a rock star. Um, remember the teenage ninja? Oh yeah, I was Raphael. Didn't I named you? I think that I kind of got out on Halloween. I was thinking about this, and I think it was in from the year two thousand when I turned. I was twenty in two thousand. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. See. Oh, it's pretty good. Yes. She does the skeleton mask, the face with the makeup. It's unbelievable. Mm. Oh, that is good. Yeah. It's very, um, oh, what is it? Because November 1st is, uh, it's Day of the Dead, but I forget what it is in, in Spanish. Mort, morte. 
it's a whole like Spanish thing, and they yeah, you, you, Dia de los like honor. Muertos. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like to give you an idea, and she has v- painted her face very much mm-hmm. in that tradition. Uh-huh. Oh, so yeah. See, this kind of making my point for me about. The yeah, I remember when I kind of take took a step back from Halloween, and that was because of like the two thousands when I was in my twenties, and it became um sexy. Everything was oh, a, a sex. Yeah, yeah. You had to be like a sexy, and in, in <clears throat> like in those two thousands, the early two thousands when I was in my early twenties, you know you look at the body types of women and they were all extremely thin and skinny. I did not fit that type at all. And everybody was a sexy something. And and I was just like, I guess Halloween's not for me anymore. Well, it's like that. There's a sound clip. It's from mean girls. And it's like Katie Heron's going, there's two types of girls on Halloween. Let me find the quote. Hmm. Uh, mean girls, two types. I think it's for mean girls. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I remember when she said it, and I was like, ah, yes, yes. Okay, here it is. Oh, shit. Here it's not. <laughs> Joking. And then people who know it are just shouting it over. I know. I know. They haven't. <laughs> they haven't memorized. I accept the cookies. Take all my cookies. <laughs> um, but basically, they're like, you could dress like a. Oh, in the real well. There's two types of girls on Halloween, but then it's like in the real world, Halloween is when kids dress up. In costumes and beg for candy. In girl world, Halloween is the one day a year where a girl can dress up like a total slut and no other girls can say anything else about it. Then there's another sound clip somewhere of somebody. There's two types of girls on Halloween and then it'll show like a a sexy costume and then the next picture of Samina in the hot dog. I just now... (laughs) However, one time I did go when I was in my freshman year of college... I did go dressed as a sexy cop. Oh, look at you. And and I handed out tickets and citations. (laughs) Oh, freshman cheating. Where's that? Yeah, let me see if I can. I think it's yours. And they found it. I will find it. It's just what, because just as me being insecure in my early 20s, I was just like, I guess Halloween's not for me anymore. But now I'm like, I'm. I don't like, okay, if you want to be a sexy whatever, that's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. Like, do that. But I was just so insecure with myself that I was just like, oh, I, I guess I'm just gonna just like the Homer Simpson meme. This is. Me. Oh, I too was a Ninja Turtle. Which Ninja oh. Turtle? Patrick and I, um, I'll send you the. the- because let me tell you guys, my mom made my Ninja Turtle costume. Oh, uh, we got ours at Target. Probably. No, she, that was a thing. Mom would not let us buy the, because when I was a little kid, it was the, you have the, the cheesy plate mask and then just like the, the painted garbage, uh, 
uh, like a garbage bag. Well, I'll oh, send you another. Yeah. I'm sending a follow-up photo of you are Leonardo. A clip, a quick glimpse of. Oh, look at you. <laughs> um. Okay. I think wow. that was the Who's same. Who's the guy in the year. underwear? I don't know. <laughs> the tiny whiteies. <clears throat> wow. And I wasn't very sexy. I mean, as a Ninja Turtle, I was, but. <laughs> oh, it's such, col- it's such college party vibes. Such college party. This next picture, I'm clearly in a dorm room, and I guarantee you there's vodka in that water bottle that I'm holding. Oh, that's the sexy. And oh, I have wow. A, I have a flip phone and fishnet tights on. Yes, you do. Yeah. Wow. Sexy. It was pretty tame. Wow. It, it was. It's not, I mean. Yeah, it is tame, but. but people have showed sexy. up to my, to my work in more risque than. I think that, that was the same year, just different. Um, oh, this was. You know, a whole weekend. You gotta have different. Yeah, yeah. And then I and then I was like, this is too much of a deal. I'm tapping out. I I tap out. I tapped out. Just I tapped out of Halloween when I became a teacher. Cause I told you your ultimate costume was just every year you should just be the Statue of Liberty. Well, I I did do that a couple times. I was just like, you look like the Statue of Liberty. That's your face. Just lean into it. Okay, other Where? positives? Oh, okay. Are you done with Teeny with your positives? Yeah. All right. Um, I thought it was positive that the Disney in the Disney film showed them being hanged. I was yeah. like, oh, look at that. But then also Disney showed the eight-year-old girl getting her soul eaten. So I was like, that yeah. Disney. That and I was like, that's about right for Disney. So at least Max's parents both still alive. I yeah. really, that's actually an, a really good reheatable. Might actually be my MVP. Yeah. Um, I really liked, oh man, Max's drumming face. But then I was like, wait, Max has his own real drum set in his room. I was so jealous of that as a 42 year old woman <laughs> watching this <laughs> teenager. But then I was like, this is bad because Where's his hearing protection? No. <laughs> My guy, you need to put something in your ears to, like, come on. W- what are you doing? You're a teenager. You got to protect those things because because uh, that what you're doing. But, man, his drumming phase, I, I, I so felt that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Get the, the lip up and you're just showing the teeth. I was like, yeah. I liked it when the kids stole the broom. Just just mm-hmm. very wrong. Just such privilege that these kids yeah. just see these rooms and they just take them. But it, was, it didn't make me chuckle. Um, and then my final good reheatable. Eh, so we alluded to this earlier. I remember when this movie came out. I remember it came out in the summertime. And I was just like, who's asking for this? Keep in mind, this is I knew who Bette Midler was. I think I knew who Kathy and the Jimmy was because Sister Act had been out. I knew a little bit of who Sarah Jessica Parker was from like Honeymoon in Vegas. At, um, Square Pegs. Well, I was too young for Square Pegs. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Um, 
but I remember like I was like, who is going to see this movie? And this is just this classic thing for me of seeing and like I remember like living a whole bunch of my life, whole bunch of my adult life, not hearing a thing about Hocus Pocus. And now in the and I have it in the tasty nuggets, but like all of a sudden it was a thing and everybody watched Hocus Pocus. Everybody knew about it. It was revered. It is revered as the quintessential Halloween movie. And I'm just like, that's like, am I living in the same life as (laughs) really? You don't have to be, you don't like, and it's, it can be for everyone. You don't have to like scary movie. Right. Right. You don't have to like rom-coms. It's just, fun but this movie like it is but that's not what the critics were saying when this came well, out Well, when are critics right yes yeah true point taken but even and that i guess that is the thing of like there was no social media so there wasn't right. anybody saying like oh actually like all the things that you just said teeny about it's for everyone like you didn't hear that all you heard was what the critics said and it came out in july and it's Bette Midler with doing like weird buck teeth. And the trailer, I'm sure if you watch the trailer, it's just all the cringiest bad jokes and stuff. And you're just like, what is what is going on? So it's just so did, crazy to me that this is a become that it became a thing. Did you see this article on Vox? It's titled Hocus Pocus is a garbage movie that doesn't deserve your nostalgia. Yes, I actually read it. Okay. And I disagree a lot with the author. I yeah. thought that she went way too hard on it. And I am by no means a, a person. I who, felt like she was just trying to be an anti. Oh, look at me. I don't like something. Yeah, I don't know what her her deal was, but. Yeah. Screw her. <laughs> I'm like, is it, I was just like, whoa, you're. I think I'm probably. I enjoyed this the least out of the three of us like this. I was just like, uh, like it was, it was interesting for me to see, Oh, this is a movie, but I will say I really enjoyed the sequel. I'm going to have to watch the sequel. Yeah. I thought this was just fun. I I did too. I loved every bit. Again, the, you know, Halloween decorations and fall decorations Mm -hmm. okay quotables i only have two again i didn't have my notes available take her to the movies like a normal person that was cute (laughs) and then the other one was i hate halloween because as a teacher halloween Uh... it's rough and then the day after halloween and then that whole week because the kids are bringing candy and sneak it in their desks and, and they're mm. high as kites. So, um, <laughs> I, oh man, my good review was like Halloween candy, like Charleston chew. I loved it when I got a Charleston chew. Oh, you, you got all of them for the family. Then. <laughs> oh, I love the nice Charleston chew. Okay. Other, um, quotables. Oh, the classic, oh, look, a glorious morning makes me sick. Yes. (laughs) Um, They're very help conscious in Los Angeles. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, fair enough. I'll take that. Um, And then check out this house. And one of them said, eh, rich people. 
Yes. Look at that income tax deduction. Yeah. I mean, not income tax, the mortgage deduction. Yeah. I have, this did make me laugh. When Sarah Jessica Parker, when the boy shows up at the beginning, he's like, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, and when Max says, maybe you could learn to breathe through your nose. Like, yes. Oh. He probably yeah. has a deviated septum. He probably does. Um, <laughs> somebody says, don't get your knickers in a twist. We're just three kindly old spinster ladies. <laughs> Ah, knickers in a twist makes me laugh. Um, and then somebody says, I'll have your guts for garters, girl. I'm like, oh, ouch. I like that, but it's Disney. Mm. <laughs> so those are mine. Okay, so we're to LVP, and I really don't have one. Other LVPs? I ended up going with Ice and Jay. Oh, the bullies. Yeah, they were like kind of problematic, but also just annoying to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really feel like they were totally neat. I don't know. I don't really love yeah. bullies in movies. They're always annoying and in a really, really annoying stage of puberty. And yeah, they were my LVPs. And they never really get into why they're bullies. Like they're just the bullies, but usually like. Right. Yeah, it's like, here's their backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mine was, I, I just had, I don't know how to like really phrase it, but, um, like I've never really been into witches, but then I was thinking about it and it was, so my LVP is kind of how witches came to be associated with women. Because if you look up the dictionary definition of witches, it doesn't have anything to do with a gender. Uh Um, but then it's also just the whole way that that whole thing is is crafted and like we kind of mentioned it earlier like with witchcraft and and like paganism and I looked up the definition of pagan and it's just a person holding religious beliefs other than those of the main world religions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that's all paganism is and Halloween it's now like these times where we have these holidays thanksgiving halloween christmas it all comes back to these pagan traditions Mm -hmm. things and i saw that um on paganfederation.org it says how paganism is the ancestral religion of the whole of humanity Mm -hmm. and it's just weird how like it just gets um just othered so much like mm-hmm. like wiccan is a religion of it's a pagan religion and that's what made me look up like well what is paganism and it's like oh it's just outside those beliefs and and so you're just kind of like man they really demonize witches and i i'm sure that there's way more to go into with the gender roles and how witches came to be conceived of and made as women and stuff so that's just kind of my lvp is is just that that whole community i i feel like even though this movie is pretty innocuous and it's like oh hocus pocus but it's really reinforcing the thing about witches Mm -hmm. and paganism and and that which is if you really think about it that uh, it's kind of fucked up yeah it's othering yeah the othering of like oh you're like doing spells and all of these things, which like 
they kind of probably took these people of doing these things and like trying to figure out and probably things that really honestly would have been very beneficial to us probably, mm-hmm. but othered it. And now we uh-huh. don't, now we don't have access to that. And there's probably like different aspects of humanity and things that, that they figured out that has been lost to us because, Oh, you don't believe in the man who is Jesus and, you know, and like just othered and, just uh, like it's pretty wild like the indigenous people worship nature and took care of the earth and didn't you know like always gave back if we had followed that we wouldn't be having the climate change crisis we're having now oh yeah because best believe the earth is gonna be all right it's us that need to figure shit out like the earth is going to do what it needs to do to survive its plants don't n- include us, you know? Like, it's not dependent on, on people and humanity. It's right. us that need to figure that shit out. You know, Earth gonna Earth. <laughs> okay, my... That's everybody's LVP, yes. My MVP was Bette Midler. I love Bette, mm. so... Nice. Teeny? My MVP was... Just the movie and Hocus Pocus culture in general. I thought it was cute. I think it's great. It kind of that kind of ties into mine. Mine was pretty much yeah. Everybody associated with this movie and the fact that like it just like like again just when it came out. If you would tell me in 2022 mm. there's going to be such a clamoring for this movie that they make a sequel and the fact that all of them came back for the sequel mm-hmm. like. We couldn't even get the fifth Spice Girl to come back for the reunion. I gotta say, I like I LOL'd out loud within five minutes of the sequel. Like I'm yeah, not. I had to watch it tonight. Like I'm the not, fact that Sarah, like Carrie Bradshaw, right? She had Carrie Bradshaw fame. Well, right. There's and there's a lot of things that they updated on it and. There's, I read a review by Jim McDermott and he, he kind of like, I didn't realize it until I read this and I was like, oh yeah, but he said how Hocus Pocus 2 succeeds because it doesn't pit women against each other. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. And there's like, there's things in it where, with, um, like beauty supplies that is, that was pretty funny. (laughs) That made me laugh. (laughs) Um, and it's also funny for a pre-recording discussion that we all had. I was like, oh, yeah, there was that. And it's just, it's, like, people are going to make fun of and, like, be like, oh, the woke police and, oh, but, but like, it is funny how that stuff does matter. And yeah. and they it, seem to have, to, I haven't watched it yet, but from what I hear, it sounds like they did it in the right way. Like, they're like, oh, okay, now we're making this in their 2022 lens. Yeah. Or 2019, and, whenever they started it. And... I just, it was just really fun to, like, especially, like, okay, watching the movie and then being like, yeah, this was okay. And then, you know, knowing, like, the clamoring for it and then, like, all right, we're getting the band back together and this is what we're doing. And I was just like, I'm not saying that it's the best movie ever made or anything, but, like, for a sequel, I was like, I, because I watched them so close, I was like, you know what, I kind of do prefer the sequel okay. to okay. the original and it gives this interesting backstory and this and it kind of fills in some things of the original like it i feel like it just made more sense 
Oh, okay. And so that's why my MVP is just maybe the M- the real MVP is millennials who really championed this film and were like, we really love it. And they're the reason why we get the sequel. So All right. Well, um, I didn't recast. Did you recast? I didn't either because the sequel was That's what I thought. Too, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they nailed it. They did it. the sequel, so we didn't need to recast. Okay, Tasties. Sarah Jessica Parker was on Who Do You Think You Are? <gasps> and and she her 10th great-grandmother was arrested for sundry acts of <gasps> witchcraft what? and choking a neighbor to death. And the accusation ended the trials, the Salem trials. She ended the, wait, why did she end it? I, I, cause she know, choked the person to death. Maybe she choked the person to Are death we and kept doing them. Who wants next? <laughs> I got hands. I got hands that kill. And the Max role was originally offered to Leo. Mm hmm. Oh, DiCaprio. And wow. he turned it down to do uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Gilbert, oh, I did love What's Eating Gilbert Grape. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> evidently, Mac ate a grape and it didn't agree with him. Uh, Bet's, it's, it's Bet Midler's favorite movie that she did. Oh, yeah, my she, God. I love that. She said that up until that point, um, what did she say? She said it was. The most fun she had had up to the her the most fun I'd had in my career up to that point. And her role was originally written for Cloris Leachman. Leachman. And then it was languishing around because the guy who came up with it, he wanted like something to go up against. I could like at some point, like he was talking with Spielberg. And then it was going to mm-hmm. be like Disney, but Spielberg was in competition with Disney with his Amblin Entertainment. So he was like, wasn't interesting. It was languishing around. And somehow Bette Midler heard about it and was interesting, was interested in it. And then it got like, you know, green, like sped up and like, oh, we're going to make this. Hmm. And um, J-Lo auditioned for the Sarah part. Oh, oh. she wouldn't have been as good. No. And Rosie O'Donnell was offered the Mary part. Oh, the Kathy and the Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah. The Jimmy, um, I forget I like, why she, she didn't take it. I like Kathy and the Jimmy. I thought yeah, she was great. Um, now, the um, some of the words, some of the um, name calling that Bet did actually came from uh, long ago. Like uh, Maggoty, Malf, Malf, <laughs> Hussein and the Trollamog, those were authentic insults. That she had um, oh. somebody trailing behind her with dictionaries looking up old curses and stuff. <laughs> oh man, that's <clears throat> funny. No wonder she has such a great time. Mm-hmm. So those were mine. Teeny, did you have any? Yeah, I mean, I think overall the film did a really good job of like putting little things in, like hidden details like the spell book actually had spells and like when they were at the in school like the chalkboard actually had like spooky words on it and stuff Mm -hmm. so they did a really good job of that but 
Um, and the, one of the Halloween scenes, there's a it's a Disney movie. There's a child wearing a Mrs. Potts costume from Beauty and the Beast, mm. which had come out two years before this. Um, and then there was Max references um, Boris Karloff when he did his announce when he was doing the school's announcements. He said, like, I'm Mac, uh, introduces himself as Boris Karloff Jr. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are mine. I have that Bette Midler was actually named after Betty Davis, but chose to oh. pronounce it different as Bette, because it's spelled the same. It is spelled the same. That's why growing up, I was thought it was Bette Davis. Bette. Bette is the correct pronunciation, I will have to say. I, yeah, I, yeah. I to me, I there's was, no why alien. Like, oh, it's Betty Davis. But yeah, it was like Bet, and so that's why. I, look at that. That's I think that's because teeny because of Bet Midler that we're like it's Bet, not Betty. And and Ma, in your generation, you're probably all like, oh, it's Betty Midler, right? When you there's like, no first saw why it. at the end. I'm just saying, just because of the language. Oh. Um. That me maybe um, maybe a generation before me. Okay, my bad. Like we said, that this was a box office loser. It lost sixteen million dollars. It opened on the exact oh, same day as Free Willy. Oh bummer! That's I think we went to see Free Willy. <laughs> we probably did. Oh yeah, I definitely saw Free Willy. Because again, we were not a Disney household. I mean, we did go see like we saw The Lion King, but we it wasn't like Disney wasn't big in our household. It wasn't something we had to do every time a new one came out. Yeah. Um, so listen to these movies that also came out this summer. And again, remember how we said that Disney released in July to take advantage of kids being out of school. But this summer, Jurassic Park opened, saw in theater. The Firm, saw in the theater. The Fugitive, we saw in the theater. Sleepless in Seattle, we saw in the theater. <laughs> Cliffhanger, we saw in the theater. Oh yeah, at the beach. Oh yeah, I like like cliffhanger. I don't, I was like, oh damn, this is good. I like cliffhanger. Rookie of the year. I'm. I think we might have seen that in the theater. I remember I don't seeing remember. it. I do. And a movie that we definitely are going to do on the list because when I think of the summer of '93, except for my name. Everything I get to keep my name. The film. What's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it? That's what I remember of the summer of '93. Yeah. What's love got to do with it? So this film again it tanked. Then it started airing on the Disney Channel, and then later Freeform, and it started getting a cult following. But again, like I didn't, I wasn't really hearing anything about it. Right. And then that article that Tini had mentioned about the the woman just hating on this film, she pinpointed a year that it really took off. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. 2012 is a really pivotal year. That's when the viewership really kicked in. You also notice 2012, like social media is kind of like t mm -hmm. kicking up. Also, it pointed out in that same article, the growth of the Halloween industry, which was something that I didn't, I was like, oh yeah. Again, the answer to every question is money. But like, 
Yeah, as a kid, it was like how, but then that's one of those things where I was like, okay, is it just because me and I'm a kid, so I just see it through the kid lens? I just remember Halloween's being like a kid thing, and then like maybe adults would go to a party. I remember you and my dad went to a party as like the Marx Brothers one time. Um, but I don't remember it being like a whole like thing that it is now, like oh, in oh. stores and, and everything. And right. All the these selling now is a, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I guess I think that like also then with that, the growth of that. And then also the thing is because of it and the year, it really taps into nostalgia for millennials. And I'm just a uh-huh. little bit older. So I just kind of missed out on it. And that's why I'm like stuck with the whiplash of like, wait a second. Where did this this like a, for, a box office flop from the summer what's love got to do with it came out it's now this huge yeah film it's just just crazy it makes my neck hurt so that's just crazy to me um the song that sarah jessica parker sings come little children mm-hmm. it was written by james horner who oh. remember he did uh titanic and stuff mm-hmm. and i think oh. died in a in a like aviation accident if i'm not mistaken but he was the original composer and at the last minute he left and debney stepped in and he had two weeks to come up with the score and i think he did a fantastic oh, job oh, yeah yeah, yeah. I do. but but that song was written by the come little children thing that's a that's a james horner joint oh wow um and then roger ebert when this came out in 93 Gave it. Oh God! A single star. No, wow. Shut up. He doesn't know what to appreciate. I mean, really? Like, yeah. I'm not. This isn't supposed to be some fucking masterpiece. And exactly. Get out of here. It's this just is an Academy Award fun test. little movie. Yeah, it's just like the Disney execs fucked up because they this needed to come out in September, like late September yes. and yes. October. Like, it, agree. This was, not for the summer of Jurassic Park yeah. and what's love got to do with it. And also the firm, like there's so many crazy movies that came out that, that summer. But he said, quote, watching the movie is like attending a party you weren't invited to and where you don't know anybody and they're all in on the joke but won't explain it to you. Well, you're dumb. Sorry you didn't get it. <laughs> Sorry I didn't get it. I didn't feel that way at all. And no. I have felt that way at parties. So. I, and I have felt that way in movies. <laughs> I, I kind of did feel this way in this film. But no. I, the second film, I was like, okay, I get it now. Okay. Like, it, it, I see, it made me have, like, the second film made me have an appreciation for okay. this first film. Because okay. I didn't hate it, but I was kind of like, I don't get it. Like I don't really. Okay. Yeah, I think it was but just it's, the simplest thing. But it's not. It's not the kind of thing that I'm in because I'm not. Yeah, it doesn't in- mean you have to be into it, right? But I think that's kind of a scathing review for a film that was meant for kids. Like, okay, fucking rank Beauty and the Beast then. Like, there's no point to that movie. There's no yeah. point to half of the shit. Old Yeller, cool. A dog dies. Like. Yeah, you probably rank like, that ten stars. Yeah, you're kind of like making my point though, like for me. <laughs> but but I understand what you're saying. Again, I like the eye candy of it though. The but the, it is the the Disneyness mm-hmm. of it, the cauldron with the green and the background. Yeah. This is like and all the of feel that. of it. It's a movie you can put on October first and be like, "Welcome to spooky season." Exactly. Here we are. Exactly. We're gonna set the tone. There's nothing really that happened. Like. Summer has ended. Summer bomber ended. 
We don't have anything to look forward to until the holidays. So here you go. This is your buffer period. And that's why fall and spooky season are such an enjoyable thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're so I'm sorry if you and Roger Ebert can't appreciate that time. <laughs> I appreciate that, but but I would like to me this movie came out in the summer. It was a summer Halloween movie. I like I yeah. know that it yeah. that, that it's 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 a me problem. It's as, yeah. you as and Taylor Roger would say. <laughs> yeah. You and Roger. It's me. Hello, it's me. The problem is me. It's not you. It's 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 me. Um, in the 2015 Divine Intervention Tour, Bette Midler appears dressed as Winifred to perform "I Put a Spell on You." Oh my God, I yeah. love it! So she was, she was, you know, Bette's always had her ear to what's what's going on, and she was like, "I will give the people what they want." Did I send you both the Hocus Pocus drag show? No. no, I mean, should I send it to you right now? I'll put it on pause. So you can watch it. Um, I have to say, I thought that Sarah Jessica Parker, like, I, I was like, she has to be. I could see her be like, she. It seemed very drag makeupy, uh, you know, like almost like she kind of looked like Dee Snyder, like Twisted Sister. Remember. Like we're not gonna take it anymore. Just the the heavy eye makeup. I was getting that, like the head big feel. Like it, I was getting a very drag vibe from her makeup in this film. Hmm. Um, there. Well, there's. A, I'll send it to you after we do it. But there's a okay. little girl. These people posted. They they accidentally took her to. They crashed a private party, and it was for a Hocus Pocus themed drag show. And it was this little three-year-old girl, and she just had the time of her life. Oh, like what? <laughs> Tini and I went to to see Carly Rae Jepsen in, in Vegas, and there was this little girl in the back who was having the time of her life with Aww. her dad, who Aww. was just dancing. And was it like that? Just a yes. She she was giving so ones happy. out, like yeah. We wish that she had seen her and like brought her up on the stage to to doing the dance, but Aww. because this little girl was just and she had her ear protection on and was just dancing <laughs> with her dad and her dad was like into it. Cause let me just say, if if I don't want to pit these women against each other because I love both of them, but if you are a big fan of Taylor Swift's 1989, and if Blank Space is your favorite Taylor Swift song. I recommend you checking out the catalog of Carly Rae Jepsen. Just saying. Huh. <laughs> like, if, if you just like nice pop 80s, 90s vibe songs of just if you just want to dance your sorrows away. Just <laughs> well, listeners, I guess you know who went to Vegas. <laughs> they they see? went to Cincinnati and who got COVID. <clears throat> and who and who didn't go to Savannah? <laughs> See, now you you figured it all out. Well, this is our episode of Hocus Pocus One. Um, it has been fun, and next week we're going to do because um, today is Saturday. Halloween isn't until Monday. We are going to do a fantasy comedy Interesting. next week from 1992. 
1992. Very pivotal year in my life. Is it going to be before the move or after the move? I have no idea. Hmm. A fantasy. A fantasy comedy, you say? I did. Fantasy comedy in 1992. Okay. It can be seen on Paramount and Uh Showtime. Apple TV, Apple Plus, and Amazon Prime. We can rent it from Paramount Film. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. A fantasy comedy. It's not Spaceballs because Spaceballs came out before that. An hour and forty-four minutes. Nice. Okay. Uh, director or star? Oh, I did have a director. Um, I can't tell you. I can tell you two female leads. A fantasy comedy in 1992. Let me see if I can find the the director. It's a director we've heard of. Director we've heard of. A fantasy. Fantasy comedy. It wasn't Batman, was it? Robert Zemeckis. Forrest Gump. No. That's not, well. Far and away. I will tell you, Isabella Rossellini is in it. Oh, man, Robert Zemeckis. Now I'm blanking on that man's IMDb in my mind. Cinematographer was Dean Cundy. It's a universal picture. Oh, it's universal. Um, The release date was actually your you and your brother's um, due date. July 34th. First of 1992. Oh, so we just probably got back to the United States. Did we see it in the theater? I'm not sure. The Rocketeer? Um, the film was a pioneer in the use of computer-generated effects. It went on to win the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Oh, my gosh. I'm blanking on this. I know this. This is... Oh, it's Robert Zemeckis. Um, uh, Bruce Willis is in it. Oh, oh, The Fifth Element. It is a fantasy comedy. Oh, comedy with Bruce Willis. The kid? And still has something a little bit to do with Halloween. A little bit. Okay, I'll just have to tell you. I'm going to be so mad. You stopped her! I stopped her. Everybody take a drink on that one. I blame the colonizer. I'm so mad. Robert, like, oh my gosh, Robert Zemeckis. We actually mentioned this maybe the last time we were together. It's a Mm. three-word title. Oh, man, it's not the Iron Giant. I am so, I'm going to be so mad. I'm just, I'm just going to, nope, you know what? I look at me being attached to form. Look at me. Look at me getting irritated, being attached to things that don't matter. Look at this. It Walking doesn't through matter. It in real time. I don't know. I'm a, I'm identifying it, and I am trying to deal with it in real time. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready to be very angry and then to rein it in. Death becomes, becomes her. Oh my her. gosh! Because you said the two things, and it's Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. Yeah. And I forgot that Bruce Willis was in it. I did too. I didn't realize the dude in it was Bruce Willis. 
you've never uh, seen it? No. I hope you enjoy it. I remember laughing a lot. I hope it holds up well. I do too. We did not see what is 92, you said, right? Yeah. We didn't see this in the theater. I think I don't every, think. we saw it on. Um, yeah. Because we, uh, I think we were too busy, like, re-establishing our lives in a different country. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I remember now, and... yeah, because I will, because Teeny hasn't seen it, but I I remember now, like, the, yeah, the, I forgot that, that he directed that, though. Man, yeah, if you had said the, the Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn, yeah, I would have guessed it. Yeah, of course, it. of course. I comp- Whoa, I'm so excited, those two. I hope it holds up. Cause... I do, I do wonder how it holds up. Yeah. Because I remember it being funny, but it's, it's, I mean, it's Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep. Has a lot to do with the, uh, the, um, cosmetic industry. Yes. I do wonder about, like, the violence, how that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I like that in the politics of it all, but it's very exciting. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great one. And it's still kind of spooky season. I thought, I thought, yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be Halloween, but it is, I mean, yeah, the special effects are supposed to be great, so. But that's going to be funny, because it's the special effects of 1992. Exactly. But I thought the special effects in Hocus Pocus were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that's how some of the stuff, like, that it holds up. Like, that's really when they started uh, really dialing it in. Yeah. But even when you watch the original Star Wars and stuff, you're... I'm always still like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's still pretty good. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And hopefully we'll see you next week. Hopefully nothing else will come in the way. BTW, it was Teeny who went to Savannah. <laughs> but not me who had COVID. You did no, not I... have COVID. I had COVID. Yeah. And, and that both. we know of, at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hey. Teeny and no, I, maybe I did. We went and we got we got the uh, bioflavin, whatever that is. We re-upped on like the big vaccine. The yeah, like two the weeks big, before we went to Vegas. Yeah. So we were like, we we timed that out. We're like, all right, Boost it do it because yeah, everybody who was no mask really in Vegas. Some a spattering. When I was traveling on the airport, not a lot of masks. Yeah, very few masks. The people the who were coughing. Coughing up a lung, no mask. Yeah. Now, whenever you looked and you heard a cough, they were maskless. So, yeah. well, what are you gonna do? Exactly. There you go. Just gotta, just gotta live life. Oh. Oh.